Hey, today I'm in a series called Soul Rest, and uh, this is a, a dynamic message in my opinion because I believe it's important in the message title today as far as subject is how to have a soul rest. You know, a lot of people are making more money, they're having more things, they're doing more things, but they're enjoying less. My observations in this is just, it, it really is amazing to me how people are, are so busy. I don't know about you, but I've watched this over the years. It seems like people are more busy and time is like, you know, compressed. And it goes back to the days that the days when I was in a decision to leave the music industry and go in the ministry. The group Alabama wrote a song called I'm in a hurry. And uh, it sort of exemplified where they were. You know, when you're a musician, you're you're traveling, you're touring, you're touring, you're touring, you're touring. Even this morning coming here, I saw those buses coming down 35, which is, you know, what I did back prior to me coming back coming here in 85, I was touring on those same buses down that road called I-35 coming from different parts of the state. And you know, you're touring and then you're doing an album and then you're touring and you're touring and you're touring and you're touring. And you know, the song says this, it says, I'm in, and Randy Owens, who I was connected with, with the group Alabama through the band I was in, Mike, the Mike Watson band, um, we were a part of that uh, network and in that situation. And he wrote this song, and it's just amazing. And they did this song. He says, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and I rush to life's no fun. All I've got to live is, all I got to do is live and die. And I'm in a, I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of exemplifies it. And if you see the video, I mean, it shows them rushing through life. Anyway, my point with all that is sort of where people are. They're rushing through life. And, you know, this is something the Lord's been dealing with me about. I've been reading the book of Proverbs, and I've always read the book of Proverbs. One chapter a day, it keeps the devil away. I've been doing that, and of course, I've been reading the book of Ecclesiastes, and I've been studying this man called King Solomon. He's a fascinating figure in the Bible. As a matter of fact, he's the son of David, and he had everything. Everybody say everything. This man had intelligence. He had wealth. He had accomplishments. He had possessions. And he's the only man in history that had 700 wives. <laughs> and that's a lot of wives. And uh, I'll never forget this guy one time got born again and said, hey, I was reading the Bible about this man had all these wives. I want to be like him. I said, no, you don't. You need to read the book of Proverbs. One is enough. Trust me. And uh, anyway, in spite of all that, this is what he said in Ecclesiastes 2.7. Just let me read this to you. This is this is what he said after having all these things. He said, so I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me for all is vanity and is like striving after the wind, trying to catch the wind. You can't catch the wind. And so I think it's so funny that he hated his life even though you read about the wealth of this man, you read about all that he accomplished. I mean, he was the last king of Israel, basically. He had, a, he had a, like a 40 year, he died when he was 60, around 60 years old. Uh, he, he reigned for 40 years, and it was the last time that it was a united kingdom like that. And it was an amazing what this man did. And again, the wife thing, I don't know. I mean, that's just, uh, that's some strange stuff. Anyway, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, which is written at the end of his life, he talks about the problems in that area. But my point with it is all this is that he said that all of these things that most people seek after to him who had them was vanity, was emptiness. I thought that was interesting. And I want to ask you the question as we look at this for the next couple of minutes. What makes the soul truly healthy? I mean, what, what is the real thing in the Lord to enjoy your life with or without things? I know, listen, don't get me wrong. Things are important. They are important. But, you know, I heard a wealthy author um, 
friend of mine who, made, who wrote one of the best-selling books, he, he made this statement. He said, you can only wear so many pairs of shoes. You can only drive so many cars. And you can only spend your money on so many things. As a matter of fact, it seems like most of the wealthy people that I study, and by the way, I enjoy, I study the Biography Channel. I don't know about you. I'm just sort of into that thing. I study people's lives. I look at all the wealthy people. This last week, I was downtown. I was walking where President Kennedy walked back the day before he, he went to Dallas and um, his his whole life there. And so I was just reliving that there downtown at the hotel where he stayed before he went to Dallas. And uh, just thinking about his life, I looked at some videos and you're thinking about, you know, where, where was this man? What was going on in him and, and, and him and his family? What did he do and how did he respond and react to life? And you're thinking, what really makes a life successful? Is it being the president of the United States? Is it having money? Is it being famous? No, no, no. I found some things and these, these are things that God's dealing with me about. So maybe it doesn't relate to you, but this is where I am. The first one is simply this concerning an inward soul health. Number one is to enjoy your friends. You say, Pastor Brian, that's not really deep spiritually. Yes, it is. King Solomon himself said two are better than one. Here's a man that had 700 wives. <laughs> and so anyway, he said two are better than one. But he said this, though. This is the point. Friends create a momentum, a power that you can't get by yourself. That's the beautiful part about friendship. And, and I want to encourage you. Maybe you need to do what the Bible says. Maybe you need to find you a Peter, James, and John or that group and a, a close, intimate friends. Open up your life. Be transparent with them. Enjoy our church family. One of the things is we're not the biggest church. We don't have all this. Your pastor doesn't wear skinny jeans. I don't have all this going on. I don't drive a Lamborghini. I mean, I'm not famous. I hadn't written a book, a best-selling book yet. I don't have hair on my head. I don't look like Tom. I'm Cruz. I don't have hair on my chest. I'm not this, that, I'm not that. But I'm Brian Jacobs. I love the Lord and I love you and I give it the very best I know how to do. And there's complete integrity financially here. I'm not sleeping with any other woman and I'm not stealing any money, money, okay? And I don't need 700 wives. Sheila is more than enough. And that's all I'm going to say about that, okay? And I don't need, I don't, you know, again, if I had a million dollars, yes, I'd go pay my house off, but I'd put the rest of it into the parking lot out front. Everybody knows how I feel about that white parking lot out front and building the front of this building. That's what I would do with money and tithe to help you. Praise the Lord. I enjoy my life, but we all need one another and you need, you need, and I need people around us. And if you can't find a friend that truly you can be transparent with, keep working working on. You say, Pastor Brian, I've, 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 I've had people in my life, but they've walked away. Listen, if people walk away from you, let them walk. Just let them go. Okay, they weren't tied to you anyway. Just let them go and let God bring somebody else into your life and forgive, forget, and focus forward. But enjoy tonight, and we're going to do this more and more. I don't care what this disease is or what that. We will follow regulations. We will do the protocols. We will be smart, and we will be safe. But there comes a place where we just need to love God, trust God, protect one another, but be together. Satan wants to separate. Amen? He'll separate us in our homes. He'll separate us in these buildings right here. Because if he can divide us, he can conquer us. But in my opinion, he's not going to divide us. We're going to conquer and enforce his defeat. Amen. Hey, enjoy friendships. Make friendships. Listen, one of the greatest things of your life is relationships. That's the thing I loved about being in these bands. It wasn't necessarily the success we had. I have relationships this day with those former musicians. Some of them gone to heaven. 
but not all of them. And I was with a friend of mine, a guitarist friend of mine last night, who he looks just like Paul McCartney, just a dear friend of mine, looks like him, played like him. And uh, anyway, just a precious man of God. Uh, we went our separate ways. I went in the ministry. He went in the Marine Corps and is retired from the Marine Corps now and lives in Huntsville, Alabama. Just a precious guy. But we're in contact every week. Those kind of soul relationships... Man, if I called him right now, he'd be right here and do the same thing. That's the kind of relationships you want. Enjoy these things. Hey, number two, quickly, enjoy your work. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing people right now that are not enjoying their work. They're actually just sort of belittling. You say, Pastor Brian, you don't know what kind of job situation I'm in. Listen, I want you to have the best job, better pay, better benefits, better hours. But however, instead of enduring it, enjoying it. Let's look at the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. As a matter of fact, just, just listen to and I'm going to read this out of the, um, the Passion Translation, Colossians 3, because I think this is so important concerning working. Um, to me, I know that not everybody can have the job that I have necessarily, but you know what? You can enjoy where you are and, and not endure where you are. Colossians chapter 3, it was just in my Bible a little while ago. So anyway, Colossians, here we go. Um, there it is. Colossians 3.23. Listen to this. And again, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. And uh, notice this. This is it beginning in verse number, uh, hold on, let me get to it. Verse number, uh, let's see, where is that? Verse number 20. Hold on. There we go. Yes. Verse number 22. It says, let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer, not just when their employer... employers are watching and not in pretense, but be faithful in all things. Watch this now. We're to live our lives with pure hearts and constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. You say, but Pastor Brian, you just don't know where I work. Hold on, it gets better. Watch this. Let's put, listen to this now. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Again, this is not just work. This is relationships I'm, I'm going to talk about even further. Put your heart and soul into every activity to you as though you're doing it to the, to, for the Lord himself and not merely for others. Isn't that encouraging? I wish every person would do that on their job. As you're doing it as unto the Lord, not for others. Notice what it says here in verse 24. For we know that we will receive a reward. Everybody say reward. Come on, a little bit louder. A reward, an inheritance from the Lord because we serve the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? You put your heart, your soul into it and let God honor it. You say, well, Pastor Brian, is that, is that job my source? No, God is your source. But you know what? You be thankful for what you have. Working is healthy. Working is productivity. Working gives you purpose. My grandmother, who ran her flower farm and her cattle farm till she was 95 years old, almost 96, she lived with this purpose with this attitude, and she enjoyed it. She enjoyed the customers. Yes, it was hard work. The flower business was a hard work, and plus she was in the years when it was transitioning from, you know, to where, to, to the Walmart scenario, where Walmart, you know, and others, and or Kroger, or whatever, which is nothing wrong with that. Now they have flower shops, but in her time, and her era, that wasn't, but again, it was beginning to head that way, so she was in, in, in essence competing with them for a point of time there, but she enjoyed it. Her customers were loyal. She was loyal to them, and it brought her health 
wealth. It brought her wealth and it brought her productivity and it gave her purpose of life. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy it. Number three, number three, enjoy your children. <laughs> this is important. I think, and again, this is just where I am, okay? This is just where Pastor Brian is. This is just something that I, I'm looking at. Enjoy your children. It's not how many children you have, but it's the fact that you enjoy what God has given them. Don't endure your children, but enjoy them. I tell you what, I appreciate my own brother-in-law, Richard Moore, my whole family. I mean, man, he does whatever he can to entertain his kids. Uh, he'll fuss at them. He'll even cuss at them, but yet at the same time, he loves them. He tries to entertain them. You say, Pastor Brian, my kids can be frustrating. I know they can be frustrating. They can be aggravating. They can be agitating. However, they're your children or your grandchildren and loving them and enjoying them and looking back with no regrets. I wrote a part of a song one time long ago, looking back with no regret was a part of my line I put into that song for a friend of mine, looking back with no regret. And you know, that, I think that's so important when we look at our jobs, when we look at our friends, when we look at you know, our children, our grandchildren, even our families. I mean, this week, Mr. Wendell is here. Let's give Mr. Wendell Sanders a big round of applause for being here today. We love you, Mr. Wendell. We love you with all our heart, and I know those that are watching feel the same way. Uh, Miss Sue, as we celebrated her life, her legacy, but I saw there for a moment as Mr. Wendell was by himself, I'm standing back behind him, and they're closing that casket, and all that he was thinking about for the 60 three years, basically, of their marriage. I know that the last year was hard. I know the last year was difficult. But 62 years, he had a beautiful woman who did things in a beautiful way, and she's glorifying our Father God in every way right now. And, I, you know, again, the video that we put together, and Taylor and the, did an excellent job showing the pictures of her life, captured these very things. And I don't want you to live your life looking back with regret, as I wrote in that song. As a matter of fact, I think it's important in having a healthy soul that you get past that where you begin to really, and again, my message is not going to be long here, some scriptures here, and we're going to close, but I just want you to really think about this as we transition from season into the next season, that are you, do you have those friendships? Do you have those enjoyment at your work? You say, Pastor Ryan, I think I made to change jobs. Well, you change jobs honorably. Don't just quit. If you need to seek a career change, then, you know, go for it in, the, in an honorable way. Let God lead you, but enjoy where you are. I think enjoying children is, is funny. And, and by the way, the next one's important to me. Enjoying your years. Everybody say enjoying your years. Enjoying years. One more time. Enjoying your years. Don't worry about how long you're going to live. Purpose to live long, but enjoy this year. Enjoy it. People are sort of looking for, you know, I'm waiting for something to happen, you know, next year. Hey, what about this year? What about this month? You know, again, I, I, listen, listen, hear me out. I know that eating well, exercising better, and medical check, checkups will, link, will lengthen your life. But enjoying your life is also healthy too. Enjoying it. And taking a breath and just stepping back. And again, here's the biggest one. This is, the, let me tell you something. I've been transparent today. I am taking, you know, the, the mask off, as they say. Learning to laugh. Stop being so serious about life. This is what I am so guilty about. I mean, absolutely spank me, throw your shoes at me, whatever. You know, I, listen, I, I'm really repenting of being so serious about life. Everything is serious. And it is a serious thing. Your life, your relationship relationship with God is very serious to me, but I've got to come to the point where I can't be so serious about being serious about being serious about you. 
anyway, we got to listen. You got to enjoy a piece of pie every now and then, okay? I mean, listen. I understand that. You know, you said, Pastor Brian, are you telling me I could go out and start eating anything I want? Listen, eat with moderation. But you know what? Listen. Sometimes quit. Stop tormenting yourself over a piece of pie, okay? If you want to get a vanilla milkshake, please. If you're dealing with some diabetic situations, go sugar free. But listen, enjoy yourself, okay? A lot of people are just in stress over, you know, can I eat this? Can I not do this? And, and then of course, some people are on the extreme. They want to eat everything, okay? You can't do that. There is a balance. It is a moderation. But enjoy your life. Learn to laugh. Learn to laugh through this whole thing with the, you know, when it all came out with the hand sanitizers and all that. I mean, I had hand sanitizers on this hip and on that hip and the vehicles and, you know, and I was carrying it all around and I was diligent to do that. And I even had Pinkerton, my dog, doing hand sanitizer. I mean, I was, man, I was doing everything I could. And then I started watching Tim you know, Hawkins talking about that sanitizer episode. We've all seen that. You got to laugh at these things, okay? You know, and, and by the way, the mask thing, you know, I was like, well, and then and we had funny masks that came out and people wearing Bugs Bunny masks and all kinds of stuff like that. At least you, you got to laugh through this. And man, if you can't find the President of the United States comical right now, you're not laughing at all. <laughs> I've been around presidents. I've been in the White House. I worked in those situations. I don't know how they're doing it. And this is nothing political. It's like President Biden is all over the place with statements. He made a statement this last week that he worked and he drove a truck for a living. <laughs> Never happened before. <laughs> That'd be my, me up here saying, hey, I'm an astronaut in the past. I wasn't an astronaut, okay? Been to NASA. I am from Alabama, okay? And I've been to Huntsville to the Space Center, but I've never been an astronaut, you know? And I'm not, listen, that has nothing against President Biden. It's more funny for the staff because I know what they're going through. But it comes to a place where you need to laugh it off. You just need to laugh at it. Me and Doug were on the phone this week. Doug said, they raided my home. They attacked me. Basically, the FBI came in, took all my stuff because I'm associated with the president, his biographer. And I said, well, Doug, you know, I had on my serious face. I said, well, what are we going to do? We got to do this. I said, I just stopped. I said, Doug, you've not done anything wrong. <laughs> what, what is there to get from the FBI? What can they find on? He said, not a thing. And we just switched subjects and started laughing about things in the past, you know? Because you know what? It's just funny. It's just funny sometimes. And for us to be so serious about it, I'm telling you what, that is a sin and a mistake in my opinion. And I've repented and I'm taking a complete reapproach to this, even to all the politics. People all the time ask me about the political situations. It's funny. It's just come to a place where it's hilarious to me. Nothing in disrespect against Mr. Biden or anything like that. It's just the point where I'm to the point where some of it is just hilarious. Politics has been around from the very beginning. It will be here today. And guess what? It'll be here tomorrow. We just need to move on because Jesus is Lord and he is our focus. Enjoy where you are and enjoy your life. Finally, on this part of the message, enjoy your spouse. This is such an important message. So many times we get so caught up in wanting our marriages and our, our relationships to be, you know, this fantasy that we on tele, watch on television. And constantly I'm after Allison who watches all these fantasy shows and all this stuff about the Kardashians and all. I said, I said, sweet pea, I said, it doesn't exist. It's not real, okay? These people are so messed up that you can't imagine how messed up they are. Life is real, okay? I mean, life has its challenges. There's nothing wrong to obtaining to wanting a certain success in life. But look what Solomon said. He said, all that's vanity. 
All that pleasure, all that vanity. You say, well, Pastor Brian, some of them are, listen, money will make you happy. Being famous will bring something to your life, but it's not what makes your life and what gives you a real identity of purpose. It gives you an identity among your peers. It gives you an identity as far as the world. But does it really bring the success and the peace and the inner joy that I'm talking about? Sometimes it may tap into it, but even Dr. Billy Graham said, it's not, that's not the place of real contentment in life. It's peace with God, peace with your Savior, peace with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, again, I, I, I have seen people that think, well, if I aspire to this place, especially in my life, people, I, I'll never forget the people that my dad has helped through the years of t- obtain to political positions. And after they won, you think, well, man, they've arrived at the place of, you know, complete happiness, and it was worse than it ever was before because the inside was not at rest. There was no soul rest. How do you get soul rest? How do you enjoy where, where you should be going on the way to where you, where you are on the way you should be going? Jesus said it clearly in Matthew chapter 6. Let me just take these scriptures and, and just share a couple of things with you before we conclude this. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said it much better than I did in the Passion Translation. And again, I just want you to do me a favor, do the Holy Spirit a favor, and that is submit yourself to looking and examining these things. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25. Again, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Matthew 6, 25. Jesus is addressing the one thing, or this is the main thing, if you allow me to say, that will will absolutely bring turmoil to your soul. And this is this. In verse number 25, Jesus says this, why do I tell you never to be worried about your, this is why I tell you never to be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything the body needs. Isn't there more to life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at look what Jesus said in verse number 26. Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? Isn't that true? I went out the other day. Sheila's got these feeders out there, and Mr. Wendell built this like Hilton Hyatt-type feeder for all these birds. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it has a valet bird thing. It's awesome. I mean, it's the ultimate birdhouse. And you think all these birds, you know, you're watching them. I've never had one of them come to the porch and say, would you please pray for me? I'm having a very stressful day. No, I've never had a bird do that. I've never seen them out front, you know, just collapsing in a panic attack. No, look what it says. It says they don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides for them each food. You know who I see is freaking out there, is nervous all the time? It's the squirrel, Mr. Squirrel. He is always looking like he's about to hyperventilate. He's all freaking out on everything, you know? And I tell you, he's always nervous and all the birds are just eating and singing. And Sheila's found this hummingbird and she thinks that's the most awesome bird there is. And it is awesome. I mean, it's about that big and it floats in the air. I mean, it's pretty amazing how God created. But you know what? They're not in a panic attack because what does it say? It says your father provides for each one of them. And then the question, Jesus says, aren't you more valuable to your father than they? So which of you, watch this, here we go. This is it, talking about soul rest. So which one of you by worrying can end anything to your life? Interesting. So why are you worrying about what's happening at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? I'm not. I'm really not. It will take care of itself because look, look what it says here. Now why should you worry about clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers of the field. Don't worry about or toll. Yet even Solomon in all his splendor, who we just read about, Notice this, Solomon, all his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these best. So if God has clothed the meadows with hay, which are here for a short time and then dried up and burned, will he not provide for you the clothes you need, even you who live with such little faith? Man, 
Jesus is taking us right where we need to be. So then Jesus said, forsake your worries. Why should you? Why would you say, what will we eat? What will we drink? Notice Jesus is saying, why are you saying these things out of your mouth? Or what you will wear? For that is, not, for that is for unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things your body requires? Isn't that encouraging? Verse number 33. And this is, this is one of the keys. Jesus said, so above all, constantly chase. Everybody say constantly chase. Constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and right standing. And that right standing proceeds from him. It doesn't, it's not based on your works. It's based on his works. His, what Jesus has already done. It says, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Dave's been teaching in his podcast about righteousness and how it's not based on works. It's not based on performance. It's based on who? What Jesus has done. What he's already given you and I. And I think that's the, such a beautiful thing that Jesus says right here. He says, but above all, and I like the passion, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, another thing I just want to bring to your attention is experiencing a soul rest in believing that God is your life and the source of everything good. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 1 through 12, it talks about this soul rest. And I just want to go over there real quickly. And again, I'm going to talk about this more in the days ahead. But just briefly, I want to touch on the end of that. In Hebrews, chapter 4, notice what it says. Just listen to this. It's talking about, again, this rest of the soul. And that's where I just, I want to, I want to help you with that. Because so many people, you may be having it on the outside, and you may be laboring on the outside, but is there in that inner rest on the inside? And notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. Now, just, just listen to these verses of Scripture. It says, Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into the realm of resting and confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of this promise and not fail to experience. For some have heard the good news of the deliverance just as they did. Talking about the children of Israel, children of Israel, but they didn't join their faith with the word of God. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those who for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. Notice that. When you get to a place where God, you're my source where you're my life, you're my everything. I trust you. It's the statement that says, it says, entering into that rest where God is your life and the source of everything good. It, it goes on here. I can't read all this, but it says in verse number 11 of this, uh, of Hebrews 411 in the, in the passion, it says, so, so look what it says there. So then we must give all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt or unbelief. What is that doubt and unbelief? Well, there are three things I just want to bring to your attention. There are three ways to cause soul trouble, and, and that comes from wrong thinking and speaking. Number one is to blame all your problems on others. When you start blaming your life on others and blaming all your problems on others and never having a, what I call an inward focus, or as the song says, looking at the person in the mirror, I'm telling you what, you'll never get further in your life if you blame, do the blame game. Number two, complaining about everything. 
You know, listen, there comes a point where when you just gripe and complain and you're never happy and never content, which ties to number three, and you're never thankful, all these three things begin to work and your soul is never at rest. There's no peace. There's no joy. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to bring these things to your attention because it's important to enter into this soul rest. When you blame your problems on others and say, if someone had done this for me or someone had done that for me, listen, God is your source. You go to that job situation and you say, Lord, you're my source. I, I, I work here. I receive this amount. If you receive whatever, you know, let's say $2,000 a month. I don't know what your salary, whatever. And you know, here, Lord, here's my tithe. You're my source. You, the, I honor you with this. So many people when they don't honor God in their giving, like when, when a situation like that, then God doesn't become a part of their job. It's, this, this, it's like, well, one person told me, well, I'm earning the money, and you know, what's God have to do with the job? Listen, God has a lot to do if you invite him in. Now, he, if you don't invite him in, he's not going to help you. But oh, how I have seen businesses from Chick-fil-A to others that have invited God in. And then you see the owners of the companies invite God in. Just like with the ministries we were around this week, how they invite God in. Not because they're asking you to give, but they give themselves. A lot of people look at Kenneth Copeland Ministries and think, wow, all that money that comes in. I want you to know there is a tremendous amount of money that goes out, more than the public even knows about. My own pastor, Pastor Harold Nichols, Brother Copeland called me several times and made it clear to me and demonstrated to me that whatever that man needed in the last years of his life, he would get. To the point that one day, Pastor Nichols wanted a vehicle and was looking for a vehicle. Brother Copeland just happened to call. I answered the phone over the Nichols' house. I said, what? He asked what was going on. He said, I only got just a moment here. I'm going from here to there. I'm just checking on them. I'm actually glad you answered the phone. Tell me what's going on. I told him what's going on. I said, well, pastor wants a car. This is the exact words to me. He said, you go buy the car. Give me the receipt. He told me who to go see. Take the receipt to them. And I, not the ministry, will personally pay for that car. Go get whatever he wants and go take care of it. I said, well, he's looking at this, that, and the other. I said, he was looking. It's going to be around, you know, $40,000, $45,000. He said, go get it, Brian. And then you go, this is the way you need, things like that just bless my life. What an example. I've been with Brother Copeland while we're in a meal and he's sitting at a table and you know, the meal was, you know, his part was $15, $20 maybe at the most. You know what his tip was all the time? $100 or more. That's a pretty good example, is it not, of how to live? Now, again, I understand all the things. You could attack the message. You could attack the man. You could attack this. You could attack that. Listen, there's nobody perfect but Jesus, okay? Uh, we're all falling after the, the Savior and the Lord. But people privately that live examples and do demonstrate it publicly, that's like Dr. Graham. Dr. Graham was such a model of a man to follow. And the, the, what the influence he had on my life is because he practiced these things, not just publicly, but he practiced them privately. And I got to see those things and they impressed me. And again, these men and others that I've been around and any person that had a true healthy soul never blamed their problems on anyone else, took responsibility. Instead of griping and using their words to hurt, they used their words to bless and they always always thank God for their lives and what was going on. And even though you don't understand this, everything that's going on, you thank the Lord. You thank him. I'm disappointed this week in doing the funeral for Miss Sue. 
I was. I didn't want to do that. Who wants to do a funeral of a, of a 79-year-old lady? Listen, Heritage Place, the senior adult facility, is now opening up to us. We have ministry there. If you ever was Miss Sue before, she could sing and minister to senior adults like no one else I've ever been around. And now that whole facility opened up, and now she's gone to do this in heaven, okay? Which I can't blame her. Heaven's awesome. But I needed her on the earth, okay? And Mr. Wendell needed her too, but she's gone to heaven. What do you do? You celebrate life, you go on, you enjoy life where you are, and you thank God that your hope is not in this life. I'll never forget an unbeliever told a friend of mine, uh, in a political setting, he said, listen, this life is the only life. I've got to make it the way I want it. And after I die, life is over with. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and said, no, life truly begins the day you die. It truly begins because that's eternity. This is only in this. Notice that the cemetery says from this date to that date, you know what eternity is? Forever. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to live my life and I want to exemplify your life as a soul rest. Yes, Jesus said, now in Matthew chapter 6, he said trouble will come. As a matter of fact, let me close with that. Go back to that real quickly. We're going to close with that. Matthew chapter 6, just to remind you what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 6. This is in the, in the Passion. Notice what he says. He said, he said again, I'm going to read verse 33. He said, here we go, and we close. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's right, kingdom and righteousness that proceeds from him through Jesus. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Watch this. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way for a, for for excuse me, that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And this is just where I am. I'm refusing to worry. Yes, I can be disappointed. Yes, I can, you know, have to deal with things like anyone else, but I'm to the place where, you know what? I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be grateful. And you know what? I'm saying I'm going to enjoy where I am on the way to where I'm going. I want to ask you a question. What in your life are you not enjoying? Are the areas I mentioned? And again, if your spouse has gone on to be with the Lord, then your spouse has gone on to be with the Lord. If you've been divorced, that's, that's neither here nor there. Right now, it's, it's where you are. But if you're married, you've got children, you've got grandchildren, enjoy these things. Enjoy your job. If you do need a job change, seek God's will about it. There are people here that will counsel you. Listen, there's a lot of job opportunities. I've worked with several people this week in finding jobs. I enjoy that. That's one part of pastoring that I enjoy. People, <laughs> I guess I'm a different kind of shepherd. You know, some pastors do a lot of things. I do two things. Number one, I want to make sure you have a job and have a car. Personally, a Toyota. But anyway, if you don't have a Toyota, then you can have second best. All right. No, seriously, I, I want you to have a good job that you enjoy or be an entrepreneur. Then I want you to have a good vehicle because pastors, Pastor Brian is not a master mechanic. Chaston is a master mechanic. I am not, okay? I put gas in it, check the tire, and I read the dash. And if the lights come off, I take it immediately to him. That's what I can do with a vehicle, okay? And I have a warranty. So that means I take it to him. Hey, you got to fix it, <laughs> okay? You got to fix it. That's the way I look at things, ladies and gentlemen, because to me, I want to focus on what really life is all about, and that is seeking first his kingdom and letting him be Lord. And then finally, what's hindering this soul rest? 
If there's something that's truly hindering your soul from resting, let's pray and give it to the Lord. I'm going to talk about in this next aspect how to give those, casting those cares in detail, how to really throw those burdens over upon the Lord. And I want to show you how to do that where it's not a weight and a hindrance to your life. And this last question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is the Spirit of God asking you to do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you right now, and we thank you so much for your words here in Matthew chapter 6. We want to enjoy where we are on the way to where we're going. We want to enjoy your calling upon our lives and your purpose and plan. So right now, I pray over a person in this auditorium and those watching that whatever is hindering that, show it to us. Reveal it to us. Show us the words we're saying, the attitude that we're portraying. Help us to make the adjustments. Help us and even to the point where we need to repent and change those things. Maybe in our words, maybe in our attitudes, maybe in what we're doing that we should be doing. Lord, show us, teach us. We will be quick to obey. We will choose to honor you in what we think and say. And for everything that comes our way that's not of you, we'll cast down and throw away because we put our trust, our hope in you. You're our life. You truly are our righteousness with God. It's not our works. It's not our good deeds. It's not our performance. It's what you did, Jesus. You are everything. And we look to you to be the source for all things. And so I pray this over us as a church family right now. And as we pause right now, as we close this service, again, what is the Lord speaking to your heart? What is that one area that you need to change? that one area, or maybe it's more than one, that you're simply not enjoying. Is it financial? Then look to God's system. Is it physical? Then look to God's word and what Jesus has done. Is it emotional? Then look to the peace that the Holy Spirit gives and receive it and watch your words. Watch what you're saying. Words are very powerful. And words can bring faith and words can bring fear. It's not what you're saying in this building. It's what you're saying when you're by yourself. It's what you're saying to others that you're familiar with and close to. Are you letting your frustrations, your aggravations being your beliefs? Are you letting the peace of God by sometimes not saying anything? Sometimes it's best to hold our words. So Lord Jesus, we commit all these things to you. And we want to continue to enter into that rest of the soul in Jesus' name. Amen.